Top Flight makes their dynamite debut. Someone's attacked John Moxley, and big surprise, Will Hobbs joins Team Taz. And more in this week's review of AEW Dynamite. My God, AEW truly brought it this week. This was an absolutely phenomenal episode. In fact, I was uh, I had to record something else mid episode, and I was so disappointed because this was a phenomenal episode of AEW. I really, really loved it. So why don't we get into it? And I'm going to try to go a little bit fast because it's very late and I'm exhausted. But we opened with Bucks versus Top Flight, and I'll be honest, I was very worried because they introduced Top Flight almost the exact same way they introduced private party basically as young bucks light and i'll be honest i i can't remember how i was when i first saw private party but i feel like in this case i see it a little bit more i see it a little bit more with top flight now this match was i will say admittedly slow in fact i'd say this was probably one of the weakest matches of the night but in a way, I, I don't mind that. It was a very basic Young Buck style match. But like I said, they were working slow. But that also meant they had time to think. Um, that was kind of what I kept getting out of Top Flight was they were working very slow. They're, they're having to take time to think. But I like that because they're thinking about what they're doing. It's They're not moving super fast. They're not trying to move at a Young Buck's pace when they're both, I think, only 19 and 21. Instead, they took their time. They thought about their moves, they thought about their placements, and it almost reminded me of like when I first started working out. They were like, don't worry about going super heavy, don't worry about going super hard, make sure you have the reps in, make sure you know the movement your body is supposed to be doing, and that's what Top Flight were doing. They were slowing down, they were focusing on their moves, and yeah, it did it lead to a, a less flashy match? Yeah, but also... They had much better spots. Like, that's what I feel like a lot of the AEW tag team roster is guilty of, is trying to wrestle that Young Bucks fast-paced technical style match, but then they end up botching a lot of moves and things. Like, I think that's one of the things that Private Party have suffered from the most. Instead, Top Flight were taking their time. Um, They still had many impressive moves throughout it. I mean, they had a moment where I legitimately thought they were about to beat the young bucks it looked like a legitimate three count uh but then the bucks get the bte trigger for the win it was a slow open but it was very very good i liked it and then post match uh the hybrid to attack the young bucks chase them off so i don't know if we're getting top flight versus hybrid two or hybrid two versus bucks but basically hybrid two are forcing their way back into the tag team conversation and i like that now on to the segments of the night, which were the inner circle in Las Vegas. I this is akin. This may even be better than Le Dinner Debonair. This may be better than that because it was just so much ridiculous good shit. They went to a strip club while Jericho's own music's playing. MJF and Jericho get into an argument over who's going to drink the hardest liquor, and then they end up literally 
like uh, like a water glass amount of Everclear. It was insane. And then fucking Conan showed up, smoked him out into a limousine. Then Piff the Magic Dragon showed up, and then Hager and Wardlow just got into a dude punching contest, seeing who could punch dudes the best. Yes, it was fucking phenomenal. Then we get a promo for the AEW first year documentary Boundless, and I was getting legitimate goosebumps about it because like you forget about the people behind AEW you forget about the fact that this company was to some people a joke in the beginning the fact that they had to work their asses off to get where they are and so I'm very excited to see Boundless then we get a promo from Moxley where he's he cuts a a very good emotional promo talks about his dad uh, about how his dad used to inspire him by looking at him and say we're the good guys here and moxley's like every morning i wake up and that's what i have to remember is we're the good guys and i love moxley assuming a more a traditional champion role and him trying to explain to the audience this is what it means to be a champion i am learning that and it's really interesting but what overshadowed all of that is the fact that during it moxley just decides to drop that renee's fucking pregnant oh my god there's a baby mox on the way and i am so excited hell yes this is a phenomenal promo and after the inner circle in vegas segment i was like they can do no wrong and then uh, we get orange cassidy versus kip sabian and it was a just a fun orange cassidy style match i love that they put miro on commentary because it allows him to build up a little bit more character he was uh, a lot more smooth so i really like that i genuinely think kip sabian is a future main eventer he's got real big young Shawn michaels vibes in all honesty i kind of wish orange cassidy wasn't as highly prized in aew as he is because i think a win from kip here would have been a very big boon for kip sabian but instead uh he gets caught in the mousetrap for the one two three it, this was an average match. This was along the lines of Top Flight versus Young Bucks. The only difference was Top Flight. I was excited to see this one. I was like, okay, it's here. Uh, then we do the contract signing between Moxley and Omega. And the big deal here is the fact that after Kenny's entrance, after all that grandioseness, Moxley doesn't come out. And everyone's going, what's happening? What's happening? Well, we cut backstage. Moxley has a bloodied, broken nose. And um, Doc Samson is there and basically saying we need to keep his neck straight. So in other words, like someone has fucked up John Moxley. And I loved Kenny's response to this because it's akin to last year when John had to get elbow surgery and pulled out of full gear. Because of that, we we remember Ken- Kenny cut a scathing promo on him back then. And then we saw shades of that. With this, where Kenny basically says, okay, so I see what this is. I'm no psychiatrist, but he's trying to get out of this match. Well, you can't. He signs the contract, and Kenny basically looks tired of Moxley's bullshit. It's very, very good. It's a very interesting development to see him beaten down backstage. I mean, obviously, they're going to say Kenny did it more than likely. I I think... I don't know if this was the right move, given that the match is in two weeks. If this is just another way to prolong the match out, I don't know if I like that, because AEW's been really good about, like, you want this match? Here it is. Now they're gonna tease us with it, and I don't don't know if I like that. Then we go back to the inner circle in Las Vegas. They get fucked up. Chris Jericho welcomes an Elvis imitator into the inner circle. Uh, and then a very drunk MJF quote quotes uh, hangover before they all pass out. 
And oh, also Sammy Guevara at one point was like, yeah, you love us. You love us. Blood packed, baby. And he pulls out a knife. It was fucking brutal. Um, So then the next morning they wake up and they are just all hung over they are all partied out sammy guevara got married three times and it's just a fun little hangover parody and at the end of it they find hornswoggle in a diaper and fuck it was just the greatest shit it was so good i mean it was ridiculous and that is what i love about the inner circle and mjf they can do ridiculous very very well and this was like i said my segments of the night the two inner circle things so now we get Pac versus the blade and this was a pretty good match but it was what it was this was a return match the big question being after uh over eight months away does Pac still have it can Pac just has he built up too much ring rust and this showed showcased perfectly that he definitely has not lost a step he destroyed the blade even with the butcher and the bunny getting involved every single time Pac really never lost a step you felt a real fire out of him being excited to be back in a wrestling ring and then of course he hits the shooting star press to the back turns it into a brutalizer and uh, blade taps out for the victory and then Pac holds on just for a little extra added effect it was a good return match but that was all it really was uh pot grabs a mic post match and this is honestly what kind of saved it for me tries to cut a promo on kingston then butcher and blade beat him down absolutely beat him to shit while kingston cuts a promo on him and then phoenix comes out from the back beats the living hell out of everyone in Eddie Kingston's family, and realigns with Pac. So now we have the death bi-angle, I guess? Until Penta comes out with a steel chair primed and ready to aim it at Phoenix's head, but then he turns, nearly gets Kingston with it. Kingston escapes out of the ring. Death Triangle is back, motherfucker, and they are going to be taking on Eddie Kingston's family fuck yes i am so excited for this i'm really excited to see where this goes i loved death triangle before Pac, you know had to go away because of covid so i'm very excited to see them back i'm excited to see how they do in this feud against kingston and i'm happy that kingston's not just getting tossed to the wayside like you know cage was and all the people who all the giants moxley defeated like I'm, i'm happy he's still a prominent place on the card um we get a backstage segment it was very quick but basically it was reminding you oh you remember jade cargill she's still here she breaks brandy's arm that's about it the most i pulled from it is that they're probably aligning jade with vicky and nyla but outside of that that was really the only mention outside of one dumb thing i'll talk about later of this cody brandy versus Shaquille O'Neal thing. So this was the big thing. Brandy's arms broken. So now we go to match of the fucking night. And should it be any surprise that I give match of the night to Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa? It was hard hitting. It was brutal, but also very well technically done. Um, both of these women are phenomenal. They are two of the best in the business, in my opinion, which made me all the more heated when uh, I think it was Excalibur was putting over AEW heels, which is 
is their women's exclusive um, thing. It's had some ups. It's had some downs. Some people have had their criticisms of it. I've had my criticisms of it. But when JR said, oh, did the did the heels have a bake sale? I was like, do you want to look at what's happening in the ring? Because both of those women could tear your legs off and beat you with it. But that's just a little bit of asinine JR commentary for you. But then the entire complexion of the match changes when Rebel jumps out, distracts the referee, and then Britt Baker beats down Thunder Rosa. And I was mad because they wanted me to be mad, and so I was mad. But my, what I like about it is the fact that that was not the end of the match. It wasn't going to get let Serena get a good victory. Instead, Thunder showed even more dominance. Rosa kept coming back, kept coming back, had one hell of a near fall, but then Serena finally takes her out, pins her one, two, three. And you could see Rosa looking a little bit, what I liked about it, Rosa didn't look defeated, really, because she was like, I got beat up fuck you and then ran out and honestly one of my favorite pull apart brawls i've seen in a while is her and brit just go after one another it was vicious brit's got a pseudo new look i mean i think she's had it in the past i've just not really seen it uh but yeah she brit looked good coming out of it thunder rosa looked absolutely incensed it was a great great moment um then we get silver and anna jay cutting a promo and it's basically john silver just fucking gassing anna up just like yeah she's the best let's go and to quote my co-host on fight boys the dylan this segment did not need John Silver to be in it, but it made it a hundred times better because he was. Because it was to announce Anna Jay versus Sheeta next week, which, fuck yeah, I'm excited to see that. I love that, and I love that John Silver was there just getting to gas her up. It was really, really fun. Uh, we come back from commercial break, and Darby is on top of a church for some reason. Then he's skateboarding in a church, and then Darby's legs on fire in a church. It was fucking weird. It was fucking weird, but I don't care. Darby Allen kicks ass. And we move on to the main event. A main event that I believe did not deserve to be the main event. I would have given that two bucks versus top flight, given them more time, or I would have given, like, really, you could have, like, baptism by fire there with top flight, or I would have had Thunder Rosa versus Serena, either one of those, because those are championship matches, and championships are supposed to be the main event, not Darby being thrown into a tag team with Cody to take on Team Taz. Uh, So, yeah, that was just one problem I had with it. Also, Cody got top billing over the champion, which I know he's Cody Rhodes, but... He, he lost to the person he's now overshadowing. It was a little weird. Um, and this is also the second moment of the Shaquille O'Neal-Cody rivalry. Because Cody came out in a shirt that looked like a pizza restaurant thing, making fun of the fact that Shaq has Papa John's. Okay. Um, what I liked about this match was, the like, I loved how much Darby and Ricky went at it. You can tell both of them are young and hungry and ready to go. And um, there was a fun moment in the beginning when the giant Brian Cage got in the ring. The giant Slayer himself, Cody, wanted in. And then Taz leaves commentary, comes out, starts interfering. Then Arn Anderson throws a fucking chair in the ring and gets ejected. And then everyone's like, why'd he get ejected? And I'm like, motherfucker, he threw a chair in the ring where the ref could see. Like, if you want to, like, if of anybody, Arn Anderson should know how to cheat. And that is not the way to do it. 
Um, other things I liked about this match, Darby got to be the hot tag, which was really dope for me. The fact that Cody had to be the one crawling to Darby, uh, it kind of made up for the fact that Cody outshadowed him in his entrance. Um, and, and then finally Cage comes back, beats the living hell out of everybody, even suplexes. Ricky, uh, Darby's trying to suplex Ricky, so Cage just suplexes them both. It was fucking brutal. And then he hits a massive avalanche drill claw off the second rope, and Brian Cage pins the TNT champion, which is honestly something I like, because Darby is now a champion. You finally have a champion that can be pinned. You have a champion who doesn't have to have that Cody ego or Moxley aura that says they have to constantly come out and win. Darby can be pinned and it doesn't lessen who Darby is. And yeah, it sets up a match against Brian in the future or against uh, against um, Starks. Like, yeah, I, I love this. Uh, Brian Cage gets the victory post-match. They beat down Cody and uh, Darby. And then Will Hobbs comes out. And who could have seen it? Who could have predicted it other than me like eight weeks ago when Will Hobbs viciously turns on Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen and joins Team Taz? Who could have seen it coming? And then, of course, post-match, Taz beats down Cody. I'm sorry, Taz screams at Cody how you never disrespect Team Taz because Cody was talking about how no one cares about the FTW title. So this was his receipt. All in all, like I said, this was a mostly elite episode, four out of five. It had a few slow moments, like I said, but... It also had phenomenal shit. If, if I suggested you go back and watch this, I would say go back, watch Top Flight because you have to be introduced to him. Watch the Inner Circle segments, watch the Moxley promo, and then watch um, uh, Serena versus Thunder Rosa. Outside of that, everything else is kind of hit or miss with me. But yeah, uh, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That is S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And of course, remember to donate to our Patreon. We watch wrestling live on our Discord, and that's the only way to get access to that specific Discord. And you can get that at Patreon patreon.com slash a load of bs and as always remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life